Hey guys, this is Sticky Sports Side, and this is our first podcast. I'm Phil B. I'm your first co-host. And just a little bit about myself, I graduated from Penn State, uh, kinesiology movement science major, and I'm just a huge sports fan. And I think now it's time for you guys to meet our second co-host, Noah D. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Noah D. I'm the second half of the Sticky Sports Side duo. Uh, I was born and raised in Central PA, and I've pretty much been wanting to move ever since. I went to Penn State as well, where I met my co-host, Phil B., and we became very close friends. Boys. We... <laughs> we had very heated sports debates throughout our time at Penn State. He usually provides the facts, and I provide the bias and mainly stupidity. Uh, but but breaking it down, I'm very excited to be recording our first podcast. Thank you guys for all the love and support so far. Just so you guys know, Sticky Sports Side is a sports-based podcast that will focus on football, both college and NFL, as well as college hoops. We will, however, talk about the NBA, soccer, and hockey as well. The episodes will consist of anything from analysis of important matches, fantasy advice and updates, as well as betting tips and picks, and your two favorite personalities talking about the thing we love the most, sports. Phil, why don't you tell everyone about our socials? The socials, guys. Love any support we can get. We have Instagram and TikTok up and running. Our Instagram handle is sticky underscore sport underscore side, and then our TikTok, all lowercase, is just sticky sports side. Follow, like, comment. We'll get back to as many guys, uh, as many of you guys as we can. Um, can't guarantee a, a response all the time, but we will try our very best. Thank you guys for all the support. Without any further ado, I'm going to kind of just go into what we're going to be discussing today. We have key college football matchups and key NFL matchups that me and Noah just really want to dive in for you guys. Okay, so without any further ado, Noah, what are you thinking about this Iowa at Wisconsin in Camp Randall game? It's going to be a slugfest here today, boys. Let's be real. This is going to be an offensive nightmare. Both quarterbacks playing abysmal this year. Mertz is throwing for under 1,000 yards, and he's thrown two touchdowns and seven picks all year. Petrus isn't much better. 60% completion rate, 1,300 yards on the season in seven games. It's less than 200 a game and he has nine touchdowns and six picks this year i i do think this is going to be a very ugly game wisconsin i think has a slight edge playing at home they have a slightly better defense in terms of yards per game uh malusi i think can run all over iowa both offensive lines are strong i think the advantage goes to wisconsin here how are you feeling so this whole thing this whole quarterback's playing abysmal i think in my head petrus has played a little bit less worse than Graham Mertz. So in my head, who's going to win this game? The team who makes the least mistakes. And I know everybody's like, oh, that's college football. But no, like actually in this game, the team that makes the least mistakes with these two pretty good defenses and two bad offenses, uh, it's just going to be the team that makes the least mistakes. And Graham Mertz has thrown seven interceptions and Petrus has only thrown six which I know isn't that much different, but Petrus has also thrown nine touchdowns and Grant Mertz has only thrown two. So, yeah. I don't know. I think this is one of those, uh, you know, old heated Big Ten games. You're going to see a lot of running the football. Not th nothing too fancy, just the slugfest. So, just if you guys want to, like, watch a, watch a football game that's, like, just that boring, I mean, put on baseball, right? Okay. Anyways... 
Next matchup we have, and this is going to be the, I think it's known as the biggest cocktail party in the South, uh, Georgia v. Florida. Um, Noah, give us a little rundown on what you're thinking. So, Phil, I know Georgia's your home team. You love Georgia. Go Dogs, baby. Fan. I do love Georgia in this matchup today. As you know, they have the best defense in the country. I think they allow under, is it under seven points a game this year? Uh, I believe so. Let me double check that. Keep going, but I'm going to double it's, check that. It's 6.6 6 points per 6. game they allow 6? on defense. Oh, my God. Yes, only, which only is crazy. That's, that's under 69. half of what the second best team is defensively. Yeah, I uh, Georgia's defense, uh, they have NFL talent like brimming through their too deep. Do you know, How do you think Emory Jones is going to play? Emory Jones is um, not a pocket passer. He relies a lot, on, a lot on his legs. He's playing the most athletic defense he's played all year. These guys are going to be able to uh, keep him in the pocket, put pressure on, and they have athletes all over the field. Um, like I said, brimming with NFL talent through the two deep. On top of that, Georgia's offense, I think, is just going to be very, very efficient against this Florida defense. So I really think it's a matchup. Uh, for those of you gamblers, minus 14 Georgia, I would, I would uh, jump all over that. Just a little hint, hint there. No, you have any so, other comments? I mean, Georgia hey, running just, backs are. Big I have a time. question for you right now. Right, uh, with up? with this matchup, Georgia really hasn't played a tough opponent since Clemson in the first week of the season. None of their other games have been within two scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that if this game is close, that Georgia has the talent and the poise to pull this out? Without a doubt, I think they have a fifth or sixth year quarterback in Stetson Bennett now. Uh, we, we can double check that. I'm not sure if the COVID year gave him his sixth year, but it's at least five. This guy's old. All right. He's not going to get rattled. He knows how good this Georgia defense is. He knows how good the athletes around him are, uh, including his running backs, Zamir White, Kendall Milton, James Cook. I mean, guys, these are these are big time running backs and they have three of them. Um, All right. I just think wh- whatever they lack in quarterback play. The defense is elite enough to take care of that, and the running backs are, are elite enough with that offensive line to cover any holes there. Phil, I'm loving, I'm loving the enthusiasm on this Georgia game. Uh, my score prediction for this game is Georgia 38 to 23. I think Florida puts up a little bit of points. They got one of the best offenses in the country, but I just don't think they can compete against that defense at the same level that they do or also, they have Emory, this whole Emory year. Jones and I think Georgia uh, easily puts to, up 38 against that defense. Emory Jones is prone to turnovers too. So against a very uh, elite defense, I think it's going to be, you know, emphasized a little bit. It's going to be highlighted that he turns over the ball. All right. Um, What's your score prediction for this game? Um, this is a little bit of a homer pick, but I could actually see it being 38 to 13 and I originally okay. had 38-6, so that was actually – this second score is a better one for Florida. I'm being a little bit um, – Okay. I'm trying to give them somewhat of a – some type of fluke touchdown. Our next matchup, I know we are kind of on odds – or at odds on Ole Miss at Auburn, which is, you know, Jordan-Hare Stadium, I believe. I think it's a pretty good uh, home advantage there. What are you thinking, though? Uh, pardon my language, but Bo Dix is not a good quarterback. He has been playing better. Don't get me wrong. I think they're very overhyped this year. They had a couple good wins early in the year. One of them being Texas, who has shown that they have a great offense, but not that good of a defense. 
But I, I like Matt Corral, a Heisman favorite right now, to come in and take this game. I think their offense is just too good. They, ha- they Both teams have a slightly above average offense. Um, Auburn does hold the advantage defensively, but I do think they are able to deter Bo Nix a little bit. Uh, and I think Corral has enough offensively that he can put up enough points to take this victory. I respectfully, but also disrespectfully, think that is a terrible prediction. Um, not in the sense that it won't be a close game. I just think Auburn finds a way of pulling it out at home. Like you just said, Auburn has the better defense of the two, right? Without a doubt. There's, yes, I mean, yes. in every statistic. They have, a, I think, a guy named Smoke Smoke Friday or something like that. Like, you, you don't have a good defense without elite names as well, you know? So just the whole swagger of that defense gives me the idea that they can at least cause a couple turnovers. I'm not saying they're going to stop Ole Miss. I'm saying they're going to cause enough turnovers. And with that Auburn running game that I don't think Ole Miss can stop, with Tank Bigsby, they'll take over the game. That's that's another sick name here in this uh, this slate of this game. Um, the one reason that I have behind Ole Miss, I just don't think teams play well coming out of buys. And Ole Miss has been in three close games. Uh, I guess the one against LSU last week was two scores, but they had a close game against it was Arkansas a couple weeks ago. And then who did they beat right before that field? Do you know? Um, who are we talking about? Ole Miss. Ole, oh, Ole Miss pulled out that game that you were at against Tennessee as well. So hey, 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 I think hey, Ole Miss no has played in tough games, to close games recently, but I, I just think they hold the edge here. With I think I think Bonix is going to be a little rusty coming out of the bye. Ah, uh, come on, man, come on. We don't talk logically here. You're talking too logic. <laughs> but, uh, All right, hey, you ready to hop into one of our favorite games of the weekend? I mean, it's both of our alumni against it's it's Ohio State Hate Week, but. How do we feel about this game going in, Phil? Do we feel confident in our alumni to pull this game out? All right, here we go. I'm going to give you five <laughs> reasons why Penn State can't pull this off. Um, <laughs> as much as I love Penn State, guys, James Franklin more than last week, and I don't know the whole situation with Clifford. They're saying that they had a limited playbook because he was hurt. Whatever, they still look bad against an inferior team. We should be able to run the ball against that kind of team like they did on us, but somehow it was flip-flopped and whatever. Anyways, I'm Ohio State is hitting their stride, and we're kind of doing the opposite, right? We're going yeah, into the ex- horseshoe. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're going into the horseshoe on top of that. I understand Clifford might be closer to 100%, but has that offense performed at an efficient enough level all year that they're Ab- going to. Absolutely that, not. That they're going to, you know, put up 45 points to beat Ohio State, right? Because we're going to need to put up points to beat that offense. I know we Our have average is twenty six point six points per game, and as bad as we think Iowa's offense is, we actually uh, score lower on average than Iowa in uh, per game this year. Yeah, so I mean, with all that said, I will say we have the talent if we come in with a great game plan to make it respectable and cover that. I think it was eighteen and a half point spread last time I checked. But will we do that? Am I confident in that? No. Because James Franklin, I think, has like in his last 10 meetings or 11 meetings, we're like 1 and 10 or 1 and 11 against top 10 teams. So, no, I'm not at all confident in that. I think our offensive line's a work in progress that hasn't really progressed at all. I also think 
Jahan Dotson is the best receiver in college football, which, I mean, that gives us a little bit of hope, right? Because I think he can give Ohio State secondary a lot of problems. Yeah, um, that's the one area they've struggled in this year is their secondary, which is honestly our strong point in our defense. We can't stop the run. Travion, I think, has a huge game. I could see him running for over 150 today. Oh yeah. The, like I said, the good oh, news yeah. and the only thing that gives us a chance, if Clifford is 100% healthy, Ohio State, with with our good secondary, their passing is their main way, their main threat down the field. We could have a chance there. I did also want to point this out because I learned this today. Ohio State has the highest scoring offense and most yards per game. They are the best offense in college football by statistics. And don't we all just love statistics? Because I also just want to bring up that Ohio State hasn't really had a schedule. Yeah. They played they only, one good team, and it was Oregon, and they lost. Yeah. And they put up I will say since then, though, I know they haven't really played anyone, but they have been obliterating opponents the last four weeks. It, Which they is really more than not we can say about Penn State or a lot of teams right now. So um, other than Georgia, yeah. who has been pretty much doing the same. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think so, – Final score prediction. What do you got? Um, so just because I think Penn State's defense, we have a bend don't break scenario. We give out, we give up lots of yards, but we're fifth in the country in scoring defense. Agreed. Um, we give up. I think it's 15 points per game, or no, it's six, 16. My bad. I do think we hold them to under 40 for only the second time this year for Ohio State, but I do think it's 36 to 17 is okay. the final score. Okay. I think they miss covering the spread by a point. I think Ohio State's offense is just too good, and their defense is hitting their stride right now. Okay, um, one question. How did you get 36 points? That is a very uncommon score in college football, so I am going to rag on you a little bit. Is there a safety somewhere that, I don't, like, that I'm not predicting that you are? Going to sound stupid. I think there's a missed extra point. Okay, you know what? <laughs> That'll do it. My my final prediction, just real quick, uh, pretty close to yours. I think, however, that we cover, whereas you don't have us covering by a half a point, by the way. I I say we score enough to make it interesting, but Ohio State's offense makes the plays it needs to make down the stretch. 37-24. That, that's what okay. I got. Now, I All don't right. ever think – I don't think it's ever as close – for the eye, as the score indicates either, though. I'm just going to state that as well. It's one of those games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Phil, you want to talk about the Michigan State-Michigan game now? Oh, yes. Do I? Talk about a slugfest. This is like Iowa at Wisconsin 2.0, except with a little bit better execution offensively. Yeah. I'd be a lot happier if Michigan State was the ninth-ranked team. Michigan's the sixth. We all know what that means. 69. Nice, guys. Just nice. So everybody knows. All right. Anyway, nice. that's going to be a common theme, just so everybody knows, uh, if you don't <laughs> want little children listening to this podcast. I think Michigan uh, – by the way, I'm not sure if everybody knows this. Cade McNamara is their starter, but their backup is the most talented quarterback there. And he's come in and mop-up duty and other occasions and made some wild plays. So people are kind of waiting for Cade, Cade McNamara in Ann Arbor – to make that mistake or two so they can be like, all right, put in the five-star, right? Because they everybody wants to see more of this J.J. McCarthy kid. So I think at some point, Michigan's going to have to, like their offense is going to sputter, and J.J. is going to get the keys to the Ferrari, and that offense is going to take off. Um, yeah, in a game with both, both teams having, I would say, good defenses, I would have to say I think Michigan State – being at home also, 
Um, Thorne's it, it, been playing very I mean, well this year. How big of a Numbers home field advantage is pass yards. Thing. 15 touchdowns, only four picks. McNamara has five touchdowns and one pick. He has been taking care of the ball more so than Thorne, but Thorne has more big play. They have pro- probably the first or second best running back in the country and Kenneth Walker the third, also uh, in the Heisman conversation. And then they have Jaden Reed at wide receiver, been Thorne's favorite target all year. I'd, they just have more on offense in this game, and, and I would not be surprised if Michigan State can pull out this game at home. I really think Michigan's going to pull this out. I don't know why. It's more of a gut feeling than you know statistics backing it up or anything like that. Michigan State has struggled with a couple of inferior opponents, which Penn State proved it's not always easy to take care of people you should take care of last weekend. So, you know, give them credit for winning, right? Yeah. But um, I, I think overall Michigan – and this is a great job Mel Tucker's doing, and this isn't taken away from anything he's done at Michigan State because he should be um, in the running for Big Ten Coach of the Year, in my opinion, with the turnaround he's given this team. But I just still think Michigan talent overall is going to play a part, right? When teams are this close, what's going to be the difference maker? What's going to be the X factor? What's going to, you know, is it going to be the intangibles? Is it, you know, whatever it might be, I think talent is going to be it. Yeah. And, and Harbaugh, out of any coach in college football, knows how to harness that talent. The X factor will be Michigan's X factors. Yeah, yeah. And I also think Michigan slightly has a better uh, offense overall and a better defense too. So I just think there's going to be enough there, especially with their running game, because yeah. Michigan State has struggled a tad bit defensively with rushing and passing yards, and I think Michigan's going to get it done. Yeah, I like this score to be decided by a field goal late in the game. Um, I think it's going to be in the mid twenties. I'd say maybe like twenty-seven, twenty-four, or twenty-one to twenty-four type game, something like that. I think final score is going to be thirty-four twenty-one. Book it, Michigan. You say thirty-four uh, twenty-one. Yep. All right. Yeah. Bold prediction, sir. Uh, hey, well, you ready to hop into our NFL with the big boys? Uh, yes. But I was about to tell you they don't pay me the big bucks to not make bold predictions, right? I There's no one paying this guy. I don't know what he's talking about. Okay, that's a little bit hurtful. All right. <laughs> All right, let's go with um, our first matchup we're going to discuss. This is going to be an AFC North Divisional matchup, Steelers-Browns. So um, two teams with a lot going on. Why don't you get started on it, Noah? So I don't know if you can call this a rivalry in recent history. I mean, any game in the NFC or AFC North is a rivalry, in my opinion. Mayfield's struggling right now. There's already been talks that they might try to uh, hide him behind that offensive line. The only bad news for the Steelers there is that Nick Chubb, Chubb is coming back from his calf injury. I'd say he's a top three to four pure rusher in the NFL. He's fantastic. He's top five in the NFL in rushing yards, and he's missed two games already. I think the Browns hold the advantage at the line of scrimmage. I think they hold the running advantage, especially with their defense being so good. The only way I see the Steelers keeping this close or winning this game is because of the Baker Mayfield injury. And I think the big play potential of either Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool, I think Chase Claypool is the X factor in this game. And due to injuries, I I do think this game is going to be a lot closer than it normally would be. All right. Well, I agree, too. Also, I think the Steelers are hitting their stride a little bit. 
I know they're still not a great team. That's not what I'm trying to press, but they're at least competent right now. They have a running game that is effective, which helps Big Ben, who I think is a statue at this point in his career. I don't think anybody would argue with me. It helps him have more time in the pass game, which, you know, he needs, right? So yeah. um, I also think injuries are going to play a big part. If it was a healthy Baker, I think I would agree that the Browns are going to win. But since it's not, I think the defense is going to be giving a less mobile Baker a lot of trouble, right? I agree. TJ Watt's going to be a menace this weekend. Yeah. I also like our matchup, wide receivers versus their secondary. Their secondary gives up. 235 yards passing every game, which isn't, you know, an extreme number, but it's definitely middle of the pack. I think if Chase Claypool plays and Deontay Johnson plays, you throw in Pat Fryermuth at tight end, I think these guys make enough plays to get some points scored. On top Agreed. of Najee Harris in the running game. I just they have to get that running game going, oh, yeah. though, for this to be a good one. They have oh, yeah. to get that running game going. Off, Najee's been running for three and a half to four yards a carry to start the year. He's he's been struggling thus far behind that offensive line. I think if they do have this opportunity to win the game, they got to get the run established early to open up that big play potential. I, I will say that three and a half four yard average though has been created in pretty much the last two games because he's had a pretty good last two games. So they might be hitting their stride there, which they're going to need to. This this team needs a running game for sure. Oh yeah, they need one bad. It, it's yeah. Down bad. We are going to move on to the next mat- matchup. It's, uh, you know, America's team, Cowboys at the Vikings. And just, just a heads up, there's not that many great matchups this week on Sunday. Like the Rams are playing the Texans. That's, I mean, that should tell you all you need to know. That sums up most of the weekend. So even this matchup, it's a 5-2 uh, and two team versus a 3-3 three and three team. Noah, first, just opening thoughts on Cowboys-Vikings. What you got? Opening thoughts, Dak. He's going to be comeback player of the year. I don't think there's any doubt in that. Cousins has been playing some of the best football of his career to start the year. He's taking care of the football, which is something he has struggled at. He's only thrown two picks. Unfortunately, in this game, I I was looking at some statistics earlier, and both teams have very similar uh, defenses in terms of like total yards allowed per game. But the Cowboys' secondary, even though they have picked off the ball 11 times this year they have a worse three secondary in the nfl they give up over 300 passing yards per game the big play potential is always there and with guys like like uh, justin jefferson and adam thielen and dalvin cook being back to full strength the cowboys defense is going to have their hands fulfill well i just i think at what point do you weigh turnovers versus yards right because turnovers can like let's just say you pass it all the way down the field, you get seventy-five yards passing, but then all of a sudden you get a pick, right? That kind of erases that seventy-five yards. Am I wrong? It does. It's a bend but don't break, kind of how I explained with Penn State earlier. The Cowboys defense, Michael Parsons has been playing like crazy this year, and uh, it's Trayvon Diggs, correct? Uh, yes, Trayvon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs. Um, cousin of Stephon Diggs, if people yeah, don't know. Yeah, there's too many Diggs in the NFL right now. Okay. But Trayvon Diggs, I'm pretty sure he has a pick in all six games that they played this year. Yeah, uh, I he also has a pick 11, six. So. Yeah, the 11 interceptions in the six games that they played this year, they cannot keep up that pace. I know that they're a much improved defense from last year, but they cannot keep up this turnover rate. I, I think it's going to come back and bite them if they can't create turnovers in this one. I okay well final score prediction just 
because I'm asking and I'm curious at this point. Just because I said the Vikings are at home, I think they do have the slightly better defense. 33-28 is my final score prediction. I think the Cowboys get the ball late in this game but fail to score a touchdown. Hmm. Um, so I'm kind of going to flip-flop that just because I think the Cowboys have a very, very, very good offense, which the Vikings can't really say they do right now. They have an offense that's averaging 24 points a game. The Cowboys are averaging 34 points a game. That's a full 10 points where the defenses are pretty equal, in my opinion. I know yeah. um, just because of the turnover rate of the Cowboys, they're at least equal in my book. I, I think uh, Cowboys get the win here. I go 34-28 Cowboys. So we okay. kind of flip-flop right. scores, oh, scores Yeah, so um, right. so that's one of those 50-50 games, guys. So that should be a good game at 8 o'clock at night if you're not doing anything on Sunday. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a very solid Sunday night game. I'm, I'm really excited to watch that one. All right. Well, I know Noah's going to be excited about this next pick. He's a big Colts fan, so there's a hint. Uh, Titans-Colts, why don't you start off because you are the big Colts fan. I've only watched them a couple times this season. Uh, I know it's a little premature. I'm just going to say a brief tidbit, and I want you to actually dive in on this game first. Mm -hmm. I think this game uh, pretty much decides the race for the AFC South. I think if the Colts lose, they're out of first place, and I don't think they come back. They'll be three games down. If they win, it's a one-game difference. I think they have every chance to take the division. Okay, this early in the season, huh? You're going to be... Yeah, well, we're almost halfway through the year. This is the eighth game for some teams, and they're 17. Or seven, seven. No, this is week eight. This is week well, eight. let me just put it this way. I don't think it will decide the division because I think the Titans are still going to be in the running, obviously. Um, with or without the win, but I can't agree. If the Colts go to three and five, it's going to be very, very uphill sledding from there to win the division. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Is that if the Colts lose, I think I think the Titans take this division. All right, fair enough, fair enough. What I want to discuss is Derrick Henry. Man, the guy's a monster. Yeah, he uh, he terrifies me. I would not want to meet that man in an alley. And the Colts' rushing defense, where it is not bad, it's also not the best in the NFL, right? So. Yeah, it's about middle. Uh, they have a middling defense. Yeah, right now. which concerns me because if Derrick Henry gets any type of run game started, Ryan Tannehill all of a sudden turns into Peyton Manning back there, right? Um, yeah, he he shows glimpses of being fantastic at times, and then he kind of but he, he kind of goes to back to his Dolphins game form. To do that if it's all on his shoulders, he he turns into the biggest game manager of all time. Yes, but with that running game. Offense is huge dynamic. I think the Titans are as confident as anybody right now. Didn't they just beat the Chiefs 27 Destroyed the Chiefs yeah. and beat the Bills, yeah. two of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah, so they're uh, just – oddly enough, one of their losses this year is to the Jets, which doesn't really yes. make sense, but whatever. I think uh, – and I'll let you dive more into it. I think the Titans offense with the running game controls enough of the clock to get the dub here. Simp simply put, I think it ends up being 24-21 Titans. 24-21, all right. Um, that's a lot lower scoring than I think this game is going to be. Uh, I think the deciding factor in this game, if the Colts cannot stop the run, um, they're obviously doomed for the entirety of the game. But if they do stop it, they really don't have a secondary right now. I'm not sure uh, if you've heard, but our safety Julian Blackman Young guy, been playing well so far this year, tore his Achilles last week. So he's out for the year. Um, Xavier Rhodes has been bruised all year. Rocky Scene, I don't know if he's even played a game this year. 
we need to have both those guys healthy and playing for us to have a chance in this game. I think Henry could easily run for over a hundred. Well, actually I do think he's going to run for over a hundred yards. Like he averages like 120 a game right now. He's crazy. I think Tannehill throws for a couple touchdowns and AJ Brown goes for over a hundred yards. I think there are going to be very high uh, hopes for three of these players, but I do think that the Colts are on a hot streak right now, just like the Titans. I know they lost the game a couple weeks ago against the Ravens. Before they, before that, they got a dub against the Dolphins. They just blew out the Texans, and then they got a good wait, win. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You're, you're counting a lot of hope in the fact they beat you know um, the Texans and the Dolphins. Okay. The Texans, Dolphins, and they wins? beat the Niners. What I'm saying is I'm not saying they're fantastic wins, but for a team that lost against the Jets four weeks ago, and I don't know if the Jets are going to get a win – Tennessee usually plays to the the level of their competition. That's one thing that I think can always get them. I know they beat the Colts earlier this year. They it was like a must win game already for them because they were they were struggling offensively. And that game was a little low scoring. I think it was twenty five to sixteen. But I think this game is decided by a score. I think a game winning field goal is kicked by. I believe our kicker is Chase McLaughlin now. I don't even know who that um, is. That's, that shows he, me he was a kicker now. for the Chargers last year because uh, Blank and Blankenship's hurt. But I think this game comes down to oh, a game-winning field goal. And, and I think. Well, oh, wait, wait, wait. I lied. I lied. It's not Chase McLaughlin. It's um, Michael Badgley. Uh, My bad. Isn't he like 50 years old? No, that, no, I don't think he's even that old. He was, he's been in the NFL for like a few I'm years. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I don't care. Look it 50. up, dude. He's, I don't think he's that old. Okay, maybe not 50, but you know what I meant. Is he over the age of 30? No, he's 26. Wow, I missed, okay, yeah. I missed played that. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, everybody <laughs> calm down. Like I'm going to be the expert on freaking kickers, all right? Hey, Colts by one point. 31 to 30 is going to be the final score of this game. God, that is the most homer pick I've ever heard in my life, just because you don't want your team to lose. No, that's not it at all. I think we get, we're at Lucas Oil. Jonathan Taylor has been playing very well. Carson Wentz has found his stride. This defense led by Darius Leonard, probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL. I still think your defense is middle of the pack, even with that. So is theirs, though. So is theirs. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. So we're talking about just defenses that aren't elite, but good enough to get by. All right. I think Derrick Henry is going to stiff arm Darius Leonard so hard that his mom's going to feel it. Okay. All if right. he does that, I'm giving you 20 bucks. As as you should, buddy. You don't pay me enough on here. Anyways. Um, I don't pay you at all. That's, that is factual. I don't even pay myself, Phil. Oh, well, that's embarrassing at that point. All right. Um, last matchup uh, we are going to be talking about on this podcast, uh, our first podcast, by the way, Chiefs-Giants. And it's not so much about the matchup, right? No. What, what are we really going to be talking about here? What is going on with the Chiefs right now? Why are Ooh. they struggling so much? I mean, is it Jackson Mahomes? It might be. I don't know. Well, his I guess TikTok we'll dances are terrible. Again. I'm just saying. Good yeah, this will this will be a uh, a telling game for us. I don't think it's competitive. I think the the Chiefs take this game, but it's just to see how they play. Like a, a AFC favorite, a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. They're really struggling right now with basically the same offense, Dude, the same they weapons. They don't have a defense, man. <laughs> like, they haven't really had a defense at all. 
the last couple of years. Yeah, but they, but used, their to, offense, they used to at least turn the ball over. Now they're just bad. Like, overall. Mahomes had under 50, 50 passing yards last week in the first half. Didn't he get and he hurt, wasn't even didn't hurt. Didn't he get hurt later in that game, too? Yeah, he, he got knocked out with uh, what they thought was a concussion, like the fourth quarter, but the game was already well out of reach, and he did not do anything the rest of it. Hmm. That's wild to me. But I think the main problem with the Chiefs right now is they're just not a good football team, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, you can give me all the hate. You can uh, you know go on Instagram, at me. I don't really care. Um, I will back it up. They're not a good football team. You can say what you want about them having a good offense. That defense is so bad that un- the other team's basically never going to be out of the game, right? So if if you want to at this kid, by the way, his name's um, I'm or at I'm under five six. Oh, that is such a good one. Last time I heard that, I almost fell off my dinosaur laughing. Okay, but on top of that, I mean, if they don't beat the Giants, goodness, uh, their season might be over. I mean, they're three and five at that point, right? And yeah. Uh, fun fact, actually, uh, I looked it up. This is one of their only three remaining games the rest of the year with a team that's under five hundred. Currently, this they play the Steelers later this year, who are at five hundred. But they only play three more teams the rest of the way. Two of them are the Broncos, and then the other one's the Giants. Every hey, other team is above five hundred. Don't you put any slander on my Broncos? They're not good. That's an elite team. Get out! Get They're out! Not good. Face. They're not good. Teddy Bridgewater is going to turn back the clock. He's going to turn into the guy who was at Louisville. I don't care. It's happening. I think he's been hit in the head one too many times for that to happen. Are you talking about CTE? We don't talk about head injuries here. Okay, we don't acknowledge. They don't those. exist. They yeah. don't exist. No, well, they don't because we both played soccer and all we did was head balls. So, um, yeah, that's what sound, we're at. sound a little sus, but uh, we'll take it. <laughs> hey, you say. You take away what you need to take away from that, everyone. Anyways, so those are the topics we have today for you guys. But to digress, the Chiefs are really, really bad. Noah, do you think they're gonna like? Do you think they're gonna kind of turn it around here, figure it out, make the playoffs, yeah. so to speak? I don't. I don't think they go on a run and go undefeated the rest of the year. But they have to turn this around. Andy Reid's a great coach. Mahomes. Most talented quarterback we've seen in a while. Um, Do you in terms of just arm strength and throwing, obviously Lamar can run really well. Josh Allen's good, but Do what were you going to say there, buddy? Do you, do you think they figure out enough defensively to be respectable? Um, I think that their defense picks it up a little bit. I don't think that's the main reason. They've been in a funk offensively. The well, last, yeah, they scored three honestly, points all, against the Titans. All year. So. All year they've been in a funk and I think the Giants are a great get-right spot to uh, get their offense firing, their defense to get some confidence. Daniel Jones is a good quarterback, but the Giants, like, there's a reason they're 2-5. and five. I think the Chiefs end up going on a run, get in a little bit of a groove. I think they end the season 11-6 and six or 10-7. and seven. They already have those four losses, and they still have the Cowboys and the Packers, which are both at home. They also have the Bengals away. Those are just some talented teams that they're facing. But I think they go ten and seven or eleven and six, and I do think they either get that sixth or seventh wild card spot. All right, fair enough. I, I could see it happening. Like you said, there's a lot of talent there to get the ship turned in the right direction. 
That's all we have for like matchup, prediction, talks, and analysis for this podcast. But I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a reward for making it through our first full podcast with us because, you know, this is our first time. We're learning. We'll take uh, constructive criticism. And if you guys want anything to be on the next podcast, you know, send us messages. Let us know what you want on here, right? And we'll give. I'm an absolute. I'm an absolute beta male, guys. If you tell me to do something, I will do it. Like Phil might. Phil might tell me no, and that's okay, and I'll listen to him. But uh, we love advice. Like anything you guys are willing to give us, we will be so thankful for that. Um, And any topics you guys want us to talk about moving forward, we would love to do that as well. All right, Noah, give us. Doesn't have to be a five-unit banger. But, and by the way, this will be on social medias as well, TikTok and Instagram most likely, um, just for our uh, betting followers here. What is your big pick of the weekend? can be Saturday, can be Sunday, and how many units? My big pick of the week, I got four units. Bucks minus five and a half. Not sure if the uh, spread adjusted yet. Bucks minus five and a half against the Saints. After that performance last night or two nights ago from the Saints, Struggling against the Seahawks. I, I just don't know what else I can say. The Bucks are probably a top three team in the NFL. Tom Brady. I think they win by 10 points easy in this also, game. Also, the Bucks have kind of been hitting their stride. They look really good right now. So Yeah, um, they just destroyed the Bears. Gave up three points. They should have scored over 50, but they didn't end up scoring inside the five-yard line twice like in the third quarter of that game. Yeah, I, uh, I like that pick. I am, however, going to turn to college football for mine. Once again, big Georgia guy. Grew up in Georgia pretty much my whole life. Grew up 20 minutes north of Athens in the great county of Jackson. Greatest county ever. Yes, greatest county ever. Bunch of farms. We have a Publix somewhere. And also (laughs) a Kroger, if anybody knows what that is, up north. So with all that said, Georgia-Florida this weekend. Georgia minus 14. Five-unit banger, guys. That's a max play for me. They just get it done. I I think it's an easy 20 to 28 point victory. I hope you guys uh, get on the gravy train with us and uh, get those picks this weekend because, you know, me and Noah like to be degenerates and get in there. Uh, Some people say it's a problem. I say it's a way of life. You know, no big deal. But with all that being said, Noah, do you want to say a couple final few words and close us out on our first podcast? Yeah, I just want to thank everyone who listened to this. Um, I'm, ho- I'm hoping you were able to make it towards the uh, end of it to hear this. Uh, like Phil said, we will be releasing TikToks of our betting picks Saturday and Sunday morning, roughly around like 1030. And we will be making Instagram posts as well. We love doing memes. Memes we are love fantastic. Making memes, about our bets. memes are fantastic. Huge meme, guys. But yeah, I just want to thank all of you guys for tuning in and listening to us. We hope to grow this out a little bit so if you enjoyed us tell your friends uh give us any kind of advice you can on growing this podcast and i just once again want to thank everyone so i hope you have a great night